Father Jonathan, we are in the midst of this great Lent. Great Lent, Corona Lent. Corona Lent. What Here say you? How are you on this? What is it? The fourth Sunday? Five, fifth Sunday? Fifth, Where are we? Fifth Sunday. Fifth Come, Sunday. Coming up on the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time? Yeah. So uh, neither you nor I have had a chance to preach to a congregation. Right. Well, and I've not even been preaching. So we have been doing video masses uh-huh. um, for the last two Sundays. But I've been the AV guy. Okay. So I'm getting the rec- doing the recording, editing, doing all of that, uh-huh. which is a lot to do. Um, so I haven't been celebrating as well as videoing myself. Okay. But then you fine. celebrate. But then you celebrate mass on your own later. Yeah, exactly. Which is mm-hmm. fine. Um, so they've had the pastor, and I think that's actually a good thing. You know, in these first couple of weeks of new normal, to have the pastor be the face and the voice. Okay. Sure. Sure. This week, or this past week, I tested out a new configuration for videoing, which is pretty much set it and forget it. <laughs> uh, and it will reduce the amount of um, editing, absolutely, which is great. Yeah. But it'll also allow me to celebrate and to preach. Oh, good. So, good. Yeah. So this upcoming Sunday, uh, for the fifth Sunday, I will be on the video. Good, I think. Good. Yeah, so your new normal is no no congregation, but you're still mm-hmm. in Denver. S- yep, still in Denver, still celebrating mass every day, you know, for the for the intentions of certainly of of my people, but of, also of all that are sick, um, and all health workers, you know. Oh, totally, totally. The normal important intentions these days. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, my situation has changed drastically since last week. <laughs> I. As you know, I was in uh, uh-huh. Spain. Uh, <laughs> You've been in Spain. I've been in Spain. I was in Spain. Um, I was recalled back to province uh, because of the outbreak this past weekend. And so I got word, as we're recording, today's Monday. I got word on Friday I needed to come home. Saturday I was on a plane back to the U.S. Oof. Wow. Um, so it's been it's been a crazy couple of days. And, well, you know, masses have been shut down in uh, Spain for a while. But we've had mass in the community, which has been uh-huh. really nice. Um, I never preached at them. Um, here in quarantine, now that I'm in the States, I'm with two seminarians and as a deacon, I've been leading them with communion services here in the house chapel. So we don't have mass, but I can help, you know, give them communion and, you know, break open the gospel, you know, and we can pray together, uh, which has been really good. Um, so yeah, so yesterday I did get to preach a little bit, but it wasn't a a big elaborate homily. It was just, um, a small house thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway. I um on my little I will say in my little homily so it was it was kind of funny uh we recorded the big mass on Saturday like the video mass mm-hmm. and then we still did it and the pastor came over and celebrated Sunday mass with me which was I thought really great I'm really glad that he did that nice. but it also meant that I just kind of I did the short version of the gospel because we heard it the day before and I mm-hmm. pretty sure you're you're you can homilies are optional on daily mass but i don't think they are on sunday so i still said a few words um and really looking at that first reading um not as man sees does god see because man Mm -hmm. sees the appearance but the lord looks into the heart Mm -hmm. i was and just kind of reflecting on you know how and this time you know it's hard to see the good it's hard to see how god is at work Um, but he is and even though we can't see it we can still trust. 
nice. that the Lord wants us to, yeah, to see and to have, to be joy filled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, about all Because it, it was like Tari Sunday, right? Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, rejoice. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So I guess, so this Sunday coming up, we have the third of the trilogy for the catechesis of baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a very opportune time to be preaching on the resurrection of Lazarus. It's somewhat apropos, yeah. Um, yeah, and so jumping into it, I, I think the first thing that I would just highlight for the coming readings for Sunday, uh, I couldn't help but think about like, like in the first reading with the letter, sorry, with the, the prophecy of Ezekiel, um, oh my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them. Mm-hmm. I'll put my spirit in you that you may live. I was thinking about this in terms of the coronavirus, and I was thinking about how one of the things that's that's sort of maybe a, an unforeseen good that can come of this is sort of reconnecting with a sense of mortality, reconnecting mm, with a yeah. sense of darkness. Because I think a lot of times during the calendar year, we try to reflect it during Lent and with Advent, with the, the movement of darkness and also with the dryness of the desert, try to imitate a sense of like the urgency of life and the urgency of death. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us never really touch that urgency uh and we never really feel it so when when ezekiel says things like this you know using the words of the lord that you know that i'll give you life well the people were in exile so they right. knew what that meant to be promised right. you know new life for them you know being brought back home they were experiencing it in their bones that they were away from the promised land and i think the prophecy can sometimes fall flat on our ears our ears because we live with such comfort and such luxury that if you were to tell me you know God is a God of life. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, cool. I mean, I don't really know <laughs> right. why that's good news because we live a life of opulence, a life of goodness, a life, you know what I mean? So yeah. until you have an experience of darkness, it's really hard to appreciate the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what is that quote that I like? Faithless is he that vows to walk in the darkness that has never seen the nightfall. Uh, I didn't know you liked that quote. Where's that from? <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. Elrond oh. tells that to Gimli during the Council oh, of the Round. Yeah, yeah. And it's not to say that evil is necessary. That's obviously right. the wrong lesson to take here. But Absolutely. Well, and it also... More nuanced. Yeah, it puts a different light on that reading from last week that said, you are the darkness. Right, right. Like, we are literally in a season of darkness these days, of mm-hmm. where death is the only thing on our minds. Yeah. And we can... We've got, as the scriptures often give us, we've got two options in front of us, <laughs> life or death. We can allow mm-hmm. the darkness to consume us, or we can look at it and, again, not trying to be too cheesy here, but say, you shall not pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, that's an incredible opportunity that we've got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And to really believe that what Ezekiel say, says, that God puts his spirit into us, that we may live. Like, that's mm-hmm. huge. Right, right. And I think part of the part of the invitation, perhaps, because it's difficult to preach without mentioning, you know, the current context, right? So, like, right. One, one of the things that's important is to reflect deeply on ourselves and ask, where is it that the Lord is trying to resurrect new life within us? So, within my personal experience of life, my soul, my heart, um, my own affect, my own relationship with God, for sure, how is God trying to re revive, you know, dead bones, which is also Ezekiel? Right. But I think also maybe in our society, I was talking to my aunt this morning and she said something really powerful. She said, God doesn't make mistakes. And it's not to blame God for the virus, but it's to say that God can work good through evil mm-hmm. and through tragedy. And so what could God be up to here that is conducive to, to new life in us? So 
many people for the first time are having to remember that they are responsible for the education of their children. And <laughs> that's a hard lesson for a lot of people because they work three jobs. Right. Um, but, you know, what does this say about the importance of the nuclear family? What is, what is this invitation to a life of being disconnected of there is no entertainment. There's no sports. There's no, what right. could God be doing here? Maybe that's a reflection for this gospel is what is God doing new here mm-hmm. for us? Um, and to not despair, you know, that God is a yeah. God of hope. Well, and I think there's a really great opportunity as well. And this is a conversation for a different time um, that we may um, bring up on another show. Um, but how does it, how does God asking us to truly live reflect that the way that we have been living? Yeah. Like yeah. all our entire lives are wrapped up in our jobs and what we do. Like that's the thing that def- defines us. And now, you know, we haven't gone through an economic recession like in 2008 when everybody lost their jobs. We're going through a worldwide pandemic where also everybody are not only losing their jobs, but losing their lives. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what does it mean to have life? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, again, it's there's that wonderful um, uh, call that we've been given to receive that life that that Jesus gave to Lazarus. I mean, he died again. He didn't presumably he's not still walking the earth today. Um, Like that's not what we should be afraid of. Mm. Um, That's not the fear that that's sin, the fear of death. Um, But God is calling us to rejoice, to have hope. Um, Yeah, for sure. And to embrace death. That's that's the reason why I think these three Sundays of the scrutinies culminate in new life. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. baptism. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's almost like, so preaching in this context of pandemic is tough because it's almost, it's almost a little bit too obscene to be so cavalier about death, um, in a time of so much death and so much pain. But it's the boldness of the gospel is that in the midst of death is not the final word. In other words, like there has to be, there has to be the, the gospel turn towards the hope of resurrection, uh, that, there, we are surrounded by death, but death is not the final word. So there is a like a way of preaching in this time of pandemic that is a memento mori that we have a chance to re- remember our death. But a remembering of our death, divorced of the hope of resurrection, is not Christian. Mm-hmm. Right? Being in touch with your death is not the point. Being in touch with your death, so that you might rejoice in the hope of new life, like that's the Christian message. Right. Um, and I think that's what's beautiful about Lazarus is that everyone is telling Jesus. It's like, don't go. He already stinks. Death has had its final victory. And Jesus says, that victory is no victory to me because I am the Lord of life. Mm-hmm. You know, and so even death is not final. Um, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of language of hope here, of course, that yeah. is, is great to preach on. Well, there's uh, also a sense of being compassionate to those around us. Like he's, he's talking to Martha and Mary. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're coming to him, begging him for help. And he's saying, yeah. look, I will help you, <laughs> because not just because that's nice and that's what people do, but because I am the the life, I am the resurrection. Yeah. And you if know, you believe it. A, yeah. No, yeah. I, I think, finish your thought, finish your thought there. Well, no, just, I mean, that was basically it. Just like, is this something that we can actually believe? And I right. think this time is where, I've said this a couple of times already, but this is where the rubber hits the road. Like, yeah. do we yeah. actually, actually believe the things that we say? <laughs> yeah. And I don't often believe yeah. what we preach. 
Um, and that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think that's okay. Like God meets us where we are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we're not Mm -hmm. called to be, I mean, we are called to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect, but we're also human beings and God knows that and God made us that way. Yeah. And we will doubt. I mean, think of doubting Thomas. Now, I'm glad you mentioned him. Blessed is he, blessed is he that believes without seeing. Okay. But here are my hands. Touch them. Yeah. Feel them. So here, so I'm glad you mentioned Thomas. So generally speaking, methodologically, I think preaching this gospel like we have in the last two Sundays is a matter of focus. Like, who do you focus on? And what do you focus on? And I really appreciate that you, that you focus on Martha and Mary because you can preach a whole homily on that, which is Jesus is with Martha and Mary and the dynamics there of their friendship mm-hmm. and Jesus being moved to tears for the love of his friend. So there's a whole homily there about friendship and about, you know, community and crying for those that we've lost, et cetera, but then also hoping in the power of Jesus to, to save. Another angle for this gospel that I really want to focus on for a second is uh, the role of Thomas, because you mentioned doubting Thomas. And many years ago, it was maybe 15 years ago, I was really big into the series Lost. Um, <laughs> and there was a character in that show that was in a church. And in that, he saw the famous Caravaggio of Thomas putting his hand in the side of Jesus. Yeah. And which is a very moving image and a very moving story. And we all know it and we know him as Doubting Thomas. But what's fascinating is that in the character in the show mentioned it, he said, what's interesting about Thomas is that he has two big moments in the gospel. One of them is the moment after the resurrection where he doubts. But the other big moment is in this passage from the resurrection of Lazarus, where Jesus says that he has to go. And Thomas says, let us also go die with him. Hmm. Like, and what was great about that, uh, in that show Lost that the guy was saying is that Thomas is remembered for his doubt, not for his courage. Look at his courage that this man is communicating, yeah, that yeah. he's saying, let us also go and die with him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, and there's no moment of correcting him where they say like, oh, clearly Thomas didn't understand. No, he's demonstrating his courage to go die with Jesus. And I think that there's something about Thomas here that could be a really good homily as well of being courageous to go all the way with Jesus to where Jesus wants to go. And in this gospel, Jesus wants to go into the belly of the earth to bring forth the captive who are captive by death. Yeah. And Thomas is mm-hmm. unafraid to follow Jesus there. And I think that there's something of a lesson of hope there too in my own sense of mission mm-hmm. of like, when I despair, I choose to not follow Christ into the darkness. And if you want to you know, bring back the Lord of the Rings references, like when Aragorn goes into the valley of the death, of death, and goes into the mountain of the dead, like he's not afraid of death, you know? And our our invitation is whether or not we're willing to follow him all the way down. Right. And for me, Thomas is key in that. For this, Absolutely. Especially as we approach Easter. You know? Oh, I like that a lot. Um, I like that a lot. You know, one of the things that is still coming back to me a lot is one of the, one of my favorite verses. Um, I quote it often. <laughs> uh, and Jesus wept. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think there could be a really great opportunity there to show, to explain, to emphasize that this isn't a time to be, like, blindly optimistic Mm. and just pretend that everything is fine when it's clearly not. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some feelings out there. Can you Mm -hmm. embrace that? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Can you can you feel? Can you feel? Yeah. Can you weep with Jesus? Um, 
Yeah, and that's tough. But it's good. I like that because I think a lot of people in the moment of crisis that we're living maybe are not fully feeling the sorrow. Yeah, I think and that's totally right. On both sides, you know, there are people that are still denying that this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or people who have felt the change and felt the need to adjust. I think our, a lot of people are just kind of hunkering down and hoping that yeah. this will be over quickly. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, give yourself a chance to mourn right. the loss of, an, of normalcy. Like, that's okay. Yeah, you know, um, going into bunker mode may be a good idea, maybe. But it can also be an excuse to run, to hide. Yeah, and to not feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is a painful time for all of us. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So for me, there's a lot here. What, so what else? What else can we get out of this gospel? Oh man, everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those that there's just so much and, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard. I think, you know, I think I will be now that I'm kind of processing this out loud with you. I think I will be focusing probably on Thomas and probably on, Jesus weeping with Martha and Mary and what that's calling of us in these, in this season of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. One, one detail, maybe just switching gears really quick. Um, that I was just noticing is that, so we have this cycle of the baptism catechesis with the water at the well. We have the light with the sight with the man born blind and we have the new life with Lazarus. Uh-huh. If I'm not mistaken, I think all three of them end the same way. They all end with, and they began to believe in him. Mm. So at least I think that's true with the, I can't remember last week with the man born blind, but at least with, um, at least with this one, it ends with that. And it also ends like that with the woman at the well, um, where this encounter with Jesus leads to belief yeah. uh, in him. And it's important because especially with the catechesis of baptism, it's not just water. It's not just new life. It's not just light. It's also faith. Mm-hmm. It's belief in Jesus. And so there's something to be said here about what the church is doing in this last, these last, uh, few weeks of Lent is emphasizing that Jesus is worth believing in. Yeah. Right? That there's belief that needs to be called forth in us. Yeah. But also that this is just the beginning. That it's hard. Mm-hmm. And we've got to run the weight race so as to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, like these are the first steps that we need to be taking. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, belief is the beginning. Yeah. Like, yeah. Faith is one of the, one of the virtues we receive at baptism. Like, that's the beginning of the race. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and, and I mean, I, and faith. I say that so, so that we can, I mean, and again, I'm saying this to myself more than anybody. Like, I, I feel like I've got to be perfect all the time, that I have to have mm-hmm. perfect faith, that I've got to have, that I can never waver. That means God has abandoned me or, you know, some nonsense like that. It's like, no, mm-hmm. that'll happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, what do I do with that once it does, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Um, here's one uh, maybe parting thought for me. Uh, I just wanted to jump really quick to Romans, uh, the second reading. So I we mentioned this a couple weeks ago with the woman at the well um, as a really good opportunity to preach on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this week gives us another opportunity to do that uh, with St. Paul, that you are in the Spirit if only the Spirit of God dwells in you. Yeah. So new life comes through the spirit. You know, if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body. Yeah. So the spirit and life yeah. is clear, mm. you know? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, well, I'm not going to get into the whole problem with preaching on, should we all just be praying for miracles that we all recover from this virus? Well, no. Um, but we should not, we should also not discount that possibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, the gospel clearly says in other places, ask the father for what you want. Yeah. You know, and don't be afraid to. Um, God is in control. God is in control. <laughs> Indeed. Any parting thoughts? Uh, no, that's it. Go pray. All right, man. Sounds good. Till next time. All right. Peace.